Hello and welcome back to the Unless the Seed podcast series, Why God Does Not Want Your Money. Super excited to be with you today. Episode 5, Seed Your Need. Seed Your Need. Yes, did you know God is not moved by no need. God is moved by sown seed. If you want to grow there, you have to sow there. For overflow to come to me, seed needs to flow through me. I'm going to show you a few truths from Scripture today why we have to seed our need and not live with a need-minded mindset, but a seed-minded mindset. Let's get straight into today's episode. Super excited to be with you. I'll see you on the other side of this. Episode 5 today, Seed Your Need. John 3.16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So God had a need for seed. His need was to restore his broken relationship with his children after Adam had disobeyed God, resulting in a broken covenant between God and man. So John tells us in John 3.16 that God himself had to seed his need. God gave, sent, and sowed his son in order for the seed of Jesus to produce a harvest of redemption and restoration. Wow, think about that for a moment. God, the creator of heaven and earth, held even himself subject to his own principle of unless the seed. He would not violate his own instruction on how to produce, advance, and increase and restore in life on the earth. Yet God's own children think their increase and growth in life will come in a different way. Often they want their needs seeded by someone else instead of understanding unless the seed is sown from ourselves, God's principles are neutralized in our lives. Seed-minded versus need-minded something I'm very passionate about, always challenging people, in my own life as well, challenging myself to remain a seed-minded leader, a seed-minded pastor, a seed-minded father, a seed-minded husband, a seed-minded citizen of our country, a seed-minded individual. So the dictionary describes the word need as a condition that requires supply. I'm sure as you hear this today, that you have several needs that require supply in different areas of your life. It's not wrong to have a need. We all have needs every day of our life. But unless the seed is sown, your needs will remain needs and often increase in size as less and less harvest manifests in our lives due to unsown seed. So in order for needs to be met, seed must be sown. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10 says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So God multiplies sown seed, not known need. Notice, not only does God supply seed to sowers, but God also multiplies seed sown, not need known. I want to just repeat that again. God not only supplies seed to sowers, because 2 Corinthians 9 says, Now may he who supplies seed to sowers, but God also multiplies seed sown. So he supplies seed to sowers, and he multiplies the sown seed that the sower sows. Notice he does not multiply no need. The second part of that verse in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10 says, Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, so we'll never run out ourselves, Supply and multiply the seed that you have sown. So the Bible is clear that need must be seeded for change, increase, and multiplication to happen in our lives. God himself seeded his need by sowing Jesus. 
Jesus also seeded his need for salvation of mankind by sowing his own life, John 12, 24. God requires the same of all creation to live life, including every man, woman, and child. The need for heaven needs to be seeded. Matthew 19, 29. And everyone who has left sown houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. So Jesus is very clear. If you want to go to heaven, you have to sow your life as a seed. The need for salvation also needs to be seeded. Romans 10 verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the seed part, the Lord Jesus Christ, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The harvest of salvation comes to us. So you have sown and increased the fruits of your righteousness. So we can't go to heaven just by hoping. We have to go to heaven by seeding our need for salvation. The need for forgiveness needs to be seeded. That if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you your trespasses. The need for love needs to be seeded. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. So the Bible says we have to seed, sow love, and as we sow love towards others, we will harvest love. And so too the need for increase and growth needs to be seeded. Luke 6.38, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be put into your bosom. For the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So the choice is ours. As we come to the almost to the conclusion of the series, that you can either choose to seed your need and partner with God to cause growth, increase in multiplication in your life, or you can withhold your seed and trust in man to promote you. Remember, Jesus said what? Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat, speaking of his own life, falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. So notice, it produces much grain. It produces much grain. I always say to people that when a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it's that hardest thing sometimes. A seed must be planted. We know that, but we also have need. So we have this battle between, should I hold on to this money and use it, or should I sow a portion of it and start to live by faith and put these principles in actions? So if you're facing a situation today and you're listening to this podcast, it's not uncommon. We all, I have need, you have need. Humanity has need 24-7-365. But we know that if you need a fig, a fig tree in your garden or you need a peach tree in your garden, you can pray as much as you like. But until you don't seed the need for the, the peach tree and put a peach seed into the ground, there's no peach tree going to grow. Now, the same in, in every area of our life. We have to seed our need. And the description that I read to you earlier, that I told you earlier about need-minded or seed-minded, the dictionary describes the word need as a condition that requires supply. And I find so many Christians, I myself, I battle with this early days because it's like, why would God expect me to give something that I don't have? But the Bible's clear. A, a, a widow woman gives two mites, and Jesus preaches a whole sermon on her sacrificial giving of the two mites. Two rand, two dollars, two euros, two pounds. And he says, others gave much more than she gave, but they gave out of their abundance. They gave out of their comfort. Now, I've heard people say, give until it hurts. I don't, 
really believe that. I don't really believe God's expecting you every day to give until it hurts. We have to give wisely, give with calculated decision-making. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, his purpose in your heart. Sometimes we can weaponize scripture and make people feel guilty, and if they don't, God won't, and all this stuff that I don't really believe in. I, I believe that that widow woman, when the prompting, when she sat in the presence of God and she had a prompting from the Holy Spirit or from God at that time, she felt led to do something. And the Bible said as many as are led by the Spirit of God. And so God is never going to force you to do anything. God's not going to try and bankrupt you in order to try and get to bless you. He's not going to try and, and be careful of people. These And I say it, I'm a pastor myself, so I don't criticize pastors. I don't criticize television channels or, or anybody for that matter. I can't speak for other people. But I've seen over the years, see people get into this emotional hype where they start to if you give $7 in the next seven minutes, seven seeds and seven this, and then God's going to seven that and seven this. I never saw Jesus once say $7 and seven seed and seven. I never heard him say that once. But he did challenge people to give their lives as seeds. He did tell the disciples to leave their nets and follow, sow their life as a seed. God's very clear about that. Scripture's very clear about that. God, Jesus himself said, unless I don't become a seed, I'm never going to be able to seed the need for man's redemption back to God. So the principle of seed time and harvest doesn't change. And Jesus was held accountable by his father's own principle. We must be careful that we don't start to live with a need-minded, I haven't got, so therefore I can't. Uh, no one's helping me or my skin color or my culture or my background or my family or my social status. And that's often just speaks of a need-minded place you might find yourself at. Now, have I been need-minded? Yes. Am I still need-minded at times? Of course. I'm not saying you are ever delivered from just your this permanent place of victory and joyful. You enjoy giving all your money away and or giving a portion. I every time I have to tithe, I have to go. Wow, you know the enemy wants to come to me and say, you know what you can do with this money. Or sometimes I've been in situations where I've given money and then shortly after that something breaks in the house and then the enemy says to me, you could have used that money you gave away to fix that thing. And I go, yes, I could have. And that's why we have to allow the seed to die. For unless a grain of seed falls in the ground and dies, it remains alone. So we have to allow God to be God and man to be man. And God is not a man that he should lie. But if man, if God be true, make every man a liar. So don't believe everything that some televangelist is telling you about this and that and making money. You purpose in your heart. If you are a, a person who is struggling to give money away, if money still controls you in so many ways, I know people, you can be prudent and we should be. You can be you can be cautious at times and you should be. You can cut your cloth to the your budget to the size of your cloth and you should do that. We should live on less than we earn and we should spend less than we earn. And those are all healthy financial principles to put into place. But then there's a time when God will speak to you. God will challenge you beyond your comfort zone. God will. I do believe that. But we can't keep saying give until it hurts and we manipulate people into giving away money that's just because the pastor might have a need or the church has a need. So I just tell people, just listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons and the daughters of God. I don't expect my children their whole lives to sit and sacrificially serve me all day and give all their stuff away because I'm their father. I It pleases me to bless my children. But I hold my children accountable to stay generous and to give and to serve and to so God's going to hold us accountable to living lives of generosity and living lives of, but we must be careful we don't become need-minded Christians where everything's about a need and all we pray need-minded prayers all the time. No, like I said in one of our previous episodes, 
If you want to have a child, you can pray until you're blue in the face, but until you don't sow seed into the soil of your marriage, you can, you're never going to have the, the possibility of conception. So once we sow the seed, we need a child, so now we sow the seed. Now we pray for conception, but we first sow the seed. A farmer needs a bumper crop. So he first sows the seed, then he prays for rain and the right weather, and he prays for the right harvest. That's how you first have to seed your need. God's not moved by no need. He's moved by sown seed. The word need is a condition that requires supply. But the word seed is the source of development and growth. The seed is the source of development and growth. Need is a condition that requires supply, and seed is the source of development and growth. So we know when a human seed is sown into the soil of marriage, conception takes place. That's the source of a new human being born. It started at seed. For a peach tree to grow in your garden, the source of life lies in the seed where it started out. So the source of Christianity, Christ's seed produced Christianity. So the source of Christianity began with Christ. He sowed a seed. That's why the Bible says in Galatians 3, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, that we might, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might become or be adopted in as sons and daughters of God. So we couldn't become sons and daughters of God without God sowing a son seed, the seed of a son, because everything produces harvest similar to its kind. Now we are sons and daughters of God, but God first had to see his need by sowing a son. So when he sowed his son, we now can become sons and daughters of God. Do you see it? So you need to understand. So when you seed your need, we all have need. That's fact. Every government's, countries, humanity, fathers, mothers, parents, uh, pastors, business owners, every human being has a need. The need for love, the need for food, the need for protection. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if you've ever studied that stuff speaks about the need for security, the need for safety, the need for food, the need for sustenance, et cetera, et cetera. So don't think it's wrong to have a need. Every human has a need. I have a need every month. I have a need every day. I have needs. I have need oxygen. So we all have need. But God places principle on the earth. Galatians 6 verse 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that he will reap. There it is. This principle of seed time and harvest from Genesis 1.11, flows right through our Bibles. John 12.24, Jesus, unless I don't become a seed. Paul writes, if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6, now may he who supplies seed to the sower supply and multiply the seed you've sown. Galatians 6.7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that he shall reap. On and on, seed time and harvest scripture verses throughout your New Testament Bible. And I say this again to us. Because it's never easy to always sow hard-earned money because you've worked hard and you have need. But don't be lulled into a false sense of security that, you know, living just in this false hope all the time. No, do your part and say, Father, as much as what I need this money, I realize that I have to become a seed-minded Christian. I'm a seed-minded individual. I'm a solution-driven Christian. I'm not a, a problem-driven Christian. I don't, I always say to the staff and to the church, we all have problems, but change your wording. Call it challenges, because a problem is something I can't solve, but a challenge is something I'm busy solving as I seek, knock, and ask. I conned a phrase a few years ago called read where you bleed. In other words, 
where is your life hemorrhaging? Are you hemorrhaging in finances? Are you hemorrhaging in relationships? Are you hemorrhaging in, in other words, if you if you don't close that bleeding, you're gonna you're gonna bleed out. Like in the movies, if a guy gets shot, he bleeds out. So sometimes the enemy, the thief, comes only but to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants you to bleed out. He wants you to die thinking that there's no solution other than what the, the one that he's deceptively throwing at you. He threw deceptive solutions to Jesus if you, if, while he was fasting for 40 days. If you jump off this cliff, surely your angels will, will, will catch you. If you bow to me and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth. He, he kept on, if you bowed, he was hungry, fasting. He says, if you worship me, we'll turn this rock into bread. And so he's always giving you false realities in the hope that you're going to be deceived and take hold of that deceptive thought that he throws at you. That's why Jesus replied and said, it is written. So we have to know. And that's why I'm passionate about starting this podcast and helping towards bringing my part of revelation that I can to people's lives and saying, hey, don't allow the enemy to lie to you. God says what? The thief, Jesus said, the thief, John 10, 10, comes only but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they might have. Notice that they may have. So God wants you to have. People say, I think that's spiritual. Okay. Then spiritualize everything in your Bible and see. And the next time you go for lunch or supper at a restaurant, then pay with spiritual with money, pay with spiritual prayer and see how that restaurant accepts it. No, Jesus turned water into wine. He put took two a uh, few fish and a few loaves and, and fed twenty thousand people. Put a coin in a fish's mouth, filled the fisherman's nets to overflow. So don't let the enemy fool you and trying to spiritualize everything Jesus did. No, there's a spiritual place and there's a a physical place. And in the physical realm, God wants you to have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that creeps on the earth. God wants us to have dominion. But you have to see that need. So if you buy a new house and you get a new garden or a, a piece of dirt, these new houses have no gardens, you think you're just going to sit there and start praying in tongues and walking around your garden and suddenly there's going to be grass and trees. No, you have to put seed in that soil. What about the word see that comes from your mouth? What do you see? Lift up your eyes, Abraham, and see. What do you see? Let's start to take every thought captive when the enemy wants us to speak death and let us speak life. It's not easy, but it's possible. As you focus on the goodness of God, as you focus on the future God has for you, I know the plans I have for you. Jesus doesn't come to curse you. He took every curse upon himself. He doesn't come to punish you. He was punished by his father. So he became sin that you and I can become righteous. So that's good news. Don't allow the enemy to fool you to thinking, if I don't, God's going to throw me into hell. No, he consumed death. Oh, death, where is your sting? We laugh in the face of death because we don't die. We just change the dresses. But you can be barren on the earth. Why? Because you refuse to sow. So let's seed our need. What need do you have today? Do you have need for love? Then sow love. Share love with somebody else. Do you have need for friendship? Then befriend somebody you have need for community? Then go join a home cell. Become part of a community. Do you have need for money? Well, then sow money. Everything produces fruit according to its kind. Seed your need. Don't wait for your wife to say, I love you first. Tell her you love her first. Don't wait for your husband to tell you he loves you. Love him first. Buy the flowers first. Arrange the date night first. Why? That's why the Bible says we love Jesus because he first loved us. So he first, in this God demonstrated his love towards us by pouring out the Holy Spirit into our hearts. So God never expects anything of us that he hasn't done himself, for God so loved the world that he gave. So our greatest example is the greatest, most generous person ever is God himself and Jesus himself and the Holy Spirit. God gave us Jesus. Jesus gave his life and the Holy Spirit gave us 
connection between Him and us, between heaven and earth. We have the ability to speak to God every day. God can speak to us. Why? Because we are filled with the Spirit of God. So my brother, my sister, as you listen to this today, don't think your future is all doom and gloom. You pray, you believe, you become that seed. You seed your need. If you think you're lacking love, love somebody. If you're thinking, what's the church doing for me? No, what can I do for the church? What is my company doing for me? No, what can I do for my company? And the Bible says, God, what you do in secret, God will publicly reward you. So come on, I'm super excited for you. Uh, we're going to conclude this series next week in our sixth episode, and I can't wait to be with you, but I really just sense in my spirit, I'm believing God, like I told you earlier when I started the series, that I really believe in God that someone in this listening to this is going to get a revelation. It's going to, the penny's going to drop. The seed's going to fall into the soil of your heart. You're going to go, aha, I've caught seed revelation for the first time. That's why I titled this little booklet, Unless the Seed, Why God Does Not Want Your Money. He doesn't want your money. He didn't make money. We made it. He made seed, the principle of seed, time, and harvest. And money is one part of seed. Words are seeds. Love is seeds. Forgiveness is seeds. Everything is a seed form. And as you sow it, as you seed that need, you watch. God is going to fulfill every desire of your heart. Hey, listen, have an amazing week. Come on, go and be a difference maker. Go and tell somebody about the love of Jesus. Go and love on somebody. Go and pay someone's groceries. Go and pay someone's petrol. Go and bless somebody with a meal. Buy somebody some clothes. Come on, be a seed-minded Christian. You have this the most generous spirit in you, the spirit of the living God. Come on, have an awesome week. Can't wait to be with you next week. Have an amazing week in Jesus' name. Amen. <music>